0: To have you back. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and we're gonna get ready to worship the Lord today because He is good and we all got joy. Amen. Amen.
1: Everybody, today you can be seated and man it is a great day to be in the house of the Lord I'm so glad that you chose to worship God with us here today and um, I want to take just a moment and welcome all those that are joining with us for the very first time if it's your first time here today we are so thankful we're honored to be able to host you today we want you to feel right at home can we give it up for all of our first time guests in the house today yeah welcome welcome we're so glad you're here and for those watching online for the first time wherever you're joining from today we're so glad that you're worshiping with us and if you do us a favor for those that are first-time guests here in the house there is a connect card that's in the seat pocket in front of you if you don't mind taking just a moment fill that out let us know a little more about you and then right after the service we have a guest reception prepared just for you and if you wouldn't be, if if, uh, if if it wouldn't be too much trouble and if you could take just a few moments, we'd be honored to meet you and give you a gift for hanging out with us today. You just take that connect card, go to our guest reception out the doors and to your left, and we'll be glad to connect with you there. And uh, for those that are tech savvy, you can just take out your smartphone, use that QR code on the screen, and, or you can text D1TEXT to 84576, and you can get that electronic version. And uh, also, I want to let you know, those things that you see up on the screen, we we invite you to connect with us for prayer. Let us know. Matter of fact, in the comments section right now, if you're watching live right now, you can go ahead in the comment section, let us know if you have a prayer request, or if you have a need of any kind, we want to know about that. You can share a testimony with us of the goodness of God. Listen, I can just tell you, over this past year, we have heard of so many miracles that God has done in the lives of the believers here. And we're so grateful for that. We want to know more about it. If you've got something to share with us, God's doing something, we want to know about it. And thank you for letting us know. Also, we're relaunching our grow track, and this is the time to sign up. Listen, if you don't know your divine design, if you don't know why God put you on the earth and gave you these unique fingerprints, we want to help you know what that is, the reason for it. And uh, so let us know. And that's also the track that lets you know more about the church, gets you connected to the possibility of uh, membership and connection to ministry. So do let us know about that. And of course, as always, we love to celebrate baptisms and child dedications. So if you want to be involved in that, we'd love to celebrate with you and your family during those strategic times in the spiritual life of your family. Well, listen, I don't know if your football team won yesterday but mine did so that really you know that's all that matters no I give it up for all my friends that are in the house that are also Ohio State fans we love you too Um. (laughs) hey it's okay to have fun in church I'm just saying it's okay to have fun in church it's gonna be an amazing celebration day and I'm gonna encourage you to encourage others To join with us throughout this whole season of celebration from Thanksgiving to Christmas, we're going to have some strategic messages to help your friends and family know Jesus. And you can do that first and foremost by following us on Facebook, Instagram, all of our social media outlets. We're on all of them, uh, as many as we can, and we want to be where you are and to give you an opportunity to be an evangelist, a witness, sharing your faith. And it's really important that you use those social media outlets for those positive things. There's a lot of negativity on social media, but we want you to be an encourager. And one of the ways you can do that is just simply get the word out and let people know about Jesus and His love, especially during the the onset of Christmas, such a strategic time. And I want to also let you know that the YouVersion app of the Bible, We go through the Bible in one year, every year, and we read and study God's Word, and you can follow along with us um, by uploading or downloading that YouVersion app of the Bible, but you can also follow along every Sunday. The notes will be in there. So you just look under the events section and you'll find Dothan First and you just click that and that's our notes for the day. Pastor Will is going to be sharing an amazing message. I can't wait to hear what God's got on you and uh, the anointing that he's placed on you for this day, for this message today. I can't wait. But uh, follow along today on social media as well as you, version. Hey, I want to let you know as a reminder a couple of things that are coming your way. Uh, first and foremost, next Sunday is going to be the day that you'll bring uh, all of those ornaments and the gifts that you had gotten for fostering hope. We are blessing foster care kids across the Wiregrass area and uh, listen we put out those ornaments and in one day they were almost all gone i think there was like one or two left but i come on let's thank god for that that is amazing your generosity within a week we had not only fed over 100 families during the thanksgiving holiday because of your generosity but then on top of that that very next day sunday you were so generous in taking those ornaments that represent children that we love in our Wiregrass area. Don't forget to bring those gifts back this coming Sunday or before then. You can do that before then as well. But we're so grateful for your generosity and your giving. I also want to let you know again next, uh, that following week on the 11th, we're going to have a special young adults Christmas party it's going to be so much fun and uh, all of our 18 to 35 year olds in the house we got something special for you so please come out join in be a part of that at five o'clock it's going to be a great great day of celebration one uh, last thing I want to let you know as it relates to Christmas out in the foyer you may have noticed a, a special Christmas wall there where you can, uh, kind of a photo booth, where you can celebrate with your family. I know if you're anything like my family, we try to get some kind of a Christmassy picture, but it doesn't always work out so well. And you'd love to have them professionally taken, but it doesn't always work where the family can gather together. You can gather every Sunday there at that wall and take a picture, tag Dothan First, let us know, uh, and we'll highlight your family. But so grateful to God that um, the Lord is bringing us opportunities to invite the unsaved and those of your neighbors, friends, and family that don't know Jesus. And that's a great way to do it. Just take a cute picture of your family, tag Nothan first, and say, hey, come join us every Sunday during the Christmas holidays. And one last thing I'll let you know as it relates to Christmas. Christmas is coming. it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas it is it's it's kind of feeling that way too and I want to let you know that we are going to be have a special online only Christmas Day celebration service and uh, it's gonna be Christmas here at Dothan first but it's gonna be online only we're gonna be um, home for Christmas so I want to let you know about that 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 service will be online take the time to gather with your family on that very important holiday where we celebrate jesus birth so please do take the time to right now strategize find ways that you can think of you know what at 10 o'clock on sunday morning on christmas day we're going to gather around for that shortened service and we're just going to celebrate the birth of christ there on sunday on december 25th well listen i want you to know this has been a great week uh, I've had a chance to, to meet with some uh, leaders of underground churches it, specifically in the Arab world and um, I, I want you to know that in the strategy one of the things that our church has taken on is to support those underground churches by providing uh, materials to help those pastors better minister to their congregations and they're ministering to literally hundreds of thousands of underground churches and believers. Um, tragically, this past year alone, in in one of our Bible institutes ministering to the Arab world, uh, 59 uh, of our students have been martyred for the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that that we we need to pray for our underground church members and those who are constantly put in harm's way we we live in a free country where we have so many blessings that we often forget about those who are not just less fortunate but are constantly under uh, scrutiny and under attack so we need to continue to pray for them and we're gonna do that in just a moment Um, but I want to say thank you for your generosity and giving we're about to jump back into our missions emphasis in January, and I want you to pray about what you could give above and beyond your the normal tithes and offerings to be able to give to reach the world with the missions message of Jesus Christ. So do be praying about that over the days to come. And uh, listen, I know some of you may be in this room struggling, going through difficulty, times of need, and I want you to know our elders and pastors are here to pray for you. As a matter of fact, right now our elders are going to and our prayer partners are going to make their way toward our various stations of prayer right here in the back and right there in the back by the exit signs and then up in the balcony over here they're standing with you in prayer and in a few moments as we go back into some songs of worship I'm gonna invite you to go back to those those stations of prayer for whatever needs you may have and we're gonna believe God for miracle results well listen it's offering time we get to give unto the Lord how many grateful God blessed you come on he's been good he's been faithful and we want to celebrate with you in the goodness of God. You can see the five ways to give. We're not going to pass the offering plate, but if you have a need of giving credit, you can use the giving envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. And one last thing about offering is, I know so many uh, like to get giving credit for the end of the year for tax purposes. You certainly can do that, you just have to have everything postmarked before the 31st and you can use those five different ways to give. Let's take a moment and pray. I want to pray over you and your family to see the generosity of God be released on your household. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your love and your blessings, your goodness, your faithfulness, your love. Now, I pray you would continue to give seed to the sower. And you're able to make all grace abound to us so that in all things, at all times, having all that we could ever need, we would abound in every good work. And I bless these, your people, that as we generously sow in to see the kingdom's advancement, your kingdom, the kingdom of God, God, I pray that we would be blessed. And the Bible even says, pressed down, shaken together, running over, that it would would overflow. And I thank you for that. And I just speak blessing over families, over households, over businesses over finances, and most importantly, over health and over the spiritual life of this congregation. I pray it all now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. Would you stand up with us? Let's continue to worship the King of Kings together. And as we do, if you need prayer, just slip out from where you're at. Go to these prayer partners in the back and receive prayer right now.
2: Father, we thank you that you are the same God. That your word says that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And right now, in uncertain times, we need a certain God. We need the same God of the Old Testament. We need the same God of the New Testament. We need the same God right now. So, Father, we worship you in this moment. We praise you for your unchanging hand. That you're faithful in every season. We rest in that this morning, and we give you praise. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Can y'all give God some praise this morning? He's so good. He's so good. Before you grab your seat, I know y'all, we're about to do a little spiritual aerobics. Before you grab your seat, we're going to go ahead and dive in God's word. Are y'all ready for the word this morning? I said, are y'all ready for the word? Man, this worship team did amazing. Can y'all give it up for them one more time? I feel like we got the best worship team in the land. Love them so much. And uh, before we go into anything else, as Pastor Mark mentioned earlier, you can follow along on the U version notes. The scriptures will be up on the screen. And uh, I'm just excited to share this word with you. Before I tell you my title, uh, I believe the title is going to be found in the text. And uh, it's just going to be a good day in God's word and in God's house. Amen. If y'all talk back to me faster or more, we'll get done faster. How about that? That sound good? All right. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Uh, it's on the screen, starting in verse 32. It says this. It says, Two others, criminals, were also led away to be executed with him. When they arrived at the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and one on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. And they divided his clothes and cast lots. The people stood watching. Even the leaders were scoffing. He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one, the soldiers also mocked him. They came offering him sour wine and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was an inscription above him. It said, this is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. He screamed. But the other one answered, rebuking him. Don't you even fear God? Since you are undergoing the same punishment, we are punished justly because we are getting back what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. One more verse, Matthew 18, verse 20. It says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the middle of them. Somebody say middle Uh, for the next few moments i want to talk from a message title there's more in the middle there's more in the middle let's pray father thank you so so much that you are here with us thank you for the more that's in the middle and we'll give you praise for it and everybody said real loud "Amen." amen fist bump three people on the way to your seat and say more 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 germs how about that more um, before we go all the way in, I, I just want—I usually don't do this, but I'm going to shout out a few people. Um, one of them, or a, the couple is probably going to kill me afterwards, but um, I have my cousin Doug here with me this morning. He comes in every now and then. Y'all give it up for Doug. <clears throat> Greatest hairstylist in the Wiregrass area if you're looking to get your hair done. He is currently booked, but uh, small business Saturday, so y'all follow him at Society3 on Instagram. I love you and Tia so much, bro. We got to hang out this weekend. And uh, that was a good time. I also have one of my best friends and his better half with him uh, this morning here with me, JJ and Ashton. Can y'all give it up for them this morning? I love you, bro. And uh, man, the way we grew up, I would never see this moment ever in our lives, but uh, I'm glad you're here, bro. I appreciate you. So uh, (laughs) quick survey though, quick survey. Anybody in the room ever been on a plane? Show of hands, been on a plane? Oh y'all special? You can put your hand down. I hadn't been on the plane until I was an adult. Uh, another quick question. Where are my window seat people at? Make some noise, window seat people. Yeah, we got a few of you, okay. My aisle people, the ones that are control freaks. You get to dictate who goes to the bathroom. Scott Markham's like this. That's me. Uh <laughs> um it doesn't really matter to me if I have a window seat or aisle seat personally. I can deal with being in uncomfortable situations or seats uh for a little bit of time. It really doesn't matter to me. Uh I can deal with uh sitting next to crying babies. That's not a problem. In fact, this last trip that I took to Oregon, five and a half hour flight, there was a child sitting behind me that kicked my seat the whole ride. So it was a massage and yelling at the same time. It was great. Um I can deal with sitting next to, I really hate this term, Miss Kathy, uh, Chatty Cathy's, I hate that term. But I, I don't mind sitting next to a Chatty Cathy. That, that, that's okay with me as well. Uh, it doesn't matter to me who or what is sitting next to me as long as I'm not in one of the seats that I'm about to mention. Because the one seat I don't want to be on a plane, I cannot be on a plane, I check it before I even set foot on the plane is, you guessed it, the middle seat. I can't stand the middle seat. Anybody else hate the middle seat? All right. Good deal. So uh, funny story. This last flight, as I mentioned, I was on my way to Oregon and uh, I stayed that Wednesday night. I stayed with one of my other best friends. His name's Key One. He's a youth pastor in Atlanta. And um, my flight was boarding at 6 a.m. and I knew I had to get on this flight in time. And Atlanta's the size of Dothan uh, or excuse me, Atlanta Airport is the size of Dothan. It's huge. So uh, I knew I had to leave early so that I can go through TSA because I don't have pre-check and all that other stuff to get on my flight in time. So I'm staying with my best friend, Keywan, and I knew I had to get up no later than 4 a.m. because I know how he drives. You got to drive through the state of Texas, seems like, to get to Atlanta in Atlanta. So um, we get up about 4 a.m. I have to wake him up and uh, tell him, hey, bro, I got to go because if I don't make it through TSA, it will miss my flight. And I was preaching that night, so I knew. I was like, hey, bro, we, I, I got to go. So I wake him up. We get in the car, it's a 40 minute drive to the airport. This TAS, TSA line is long, like real long. And it was moving like Pac-Man, like it was moving but I didn't seem to be going anywhere. So they kept like moving us to give the, like the expression like, oh, we're, you're getting closer. I kept looking, I was not getting any closer. Uh, I get to my gate they are, they had already started boarding five minutes in, into the process. Luckily I wasn't riding first class. I was in the last class. So uh, <laughs> I get to the gate. I'm fine. I get my seat and it's a three, it's a three chair seat. So I get the window seat. Cause like I told you, I picked my seat before I get to the airport. So I picked my seat and then there was somebody else already sitting in the other seat. And so we're getting ready to take off or I'm looking at my, my watch. We're, we're like seven o'clock. It's about time to take off. And there's nobody in the middle seat. I said, look at God. This is a blessing. I get this whole ride. Like nobody's here. I get to take over this armrest. It's going to be great. And you know when uh, somebody's ever, you like people walk on the plane and you just have this feeling, this sense like they're sitting next to you. And I just decided not to look eyes with him because I thought if I didn't look, lock eyes with him, then he would just pick another seat. I didn't, you know, I was just, I don't know why I thought that made sense. It didn't make sense. But I locked eyes with him, and I knew just something in me was like, he's the one. And so <laughs> he came, and sure enough, he was like, hey, guys, that's my seat. I was like, no, it's not. I didn't say that to him. So I picked up my bag, you know, he sat down, and he was a, he was a bigger gentleman. And, um, he put on his headphones and he went to sleep. I was like, okay, great. He's not going to talk to me a lot. This is going to be amazing. It's going to be a great flight. So I put my, uh, I got my little neck pillow, which I still to this day don't know how it works. If you have a neck pillow and you know how it works, tell me, because I put it on this way, but it keeps my head that way. And I didn't like it. So I turned it around and it kind of worked out. So when there was turbulence, you know, like a little newborn baby, a little loose neck just kind of went everywhere (laughs) that had nothing to do with what I'm telling you. So, um, I'm on the flight. The flight takes off. I got my AirPods in, my AirPod Pros, Apple thing, you know, shout out to Apple, you know, the uh, spatial audio. I thought it was going to, you know, make it sound real full. And I, I, I doze off. And then I hear this terrible, like, growl. I don't I don't know what it is, but it's it's sounded like one of the motors blew up or something. So I take out my headphone. I, I raise up the window. I'm like, okay, you know, the, the turbine's fine. You know, we're not going to die. So I put my headphone back in. And sure enough, I hear it again. I take out the left headphone and my gentleman friend is snoring so loud like y'all it, it was really loud and he has on his dre beats and he don't hear nothing he don't even hear himself he is having the best sleep of his life and so he's asleep i'm like man this is terrible i guess i'll watch an in-flight movie just just to kind of kill the noise and so uh, we continue to fly and then the stewardess comes by and you know the offering snacks and she says this is the first time they've asked me is there anything you would like usually they just you know it's coke or water or you know would you like something to drink and you know it's the uh, it's a biscoff cookies that's what yes yeah, you know it's those things i'm like okay well they've never asked me is there anything you would like so then i say what do you have and <laughs> the lady looks at me and she says it's in the menu i said ma'am it's 7 a.m I, I don't care what's in the menu i can't see he's snoring i got been up for a while and then she shows me what's in the menu, and I said, oh, well, I got options. I'll take this, because if any of you have seen in those menus, there aren't prices, and so, or some of them. So I tell her I want this thing, and she says, you have to pay for that. I said, I don't want it. And then my friend, Snorlax, wakes up, <laughs> kid you not, wakes up out of his sleep and says to me, not to the stewardess, I have a Pop-Tart. And then pulls out of his bag, you know, Pop-Tarts are straight. He pulls out his bag, his Pop-Tart is shaped like this. It was in there. And he pulls it out, he says, I have this Pop-Tart. And I know what you're thinking. I did what all of you would have did. I ate that Pop-Tart. I said, bro, give me that Pop-Tart. I want this Pop-Tart. I'm gonna tear this Pop-Tart up. And I opened it and y'all, there were crumbs everywhere. So my neck pillow situation, I had Pop-Tarts on my neck pillow. I'm eating everything. I told you that whole story to tell you, I hate <laughs> the, the middle. Somebody say the middle. If you haven't realized, I've been scarred by life, by the middle. My cousins used to squish me in the back seat of their car on the way to take trips to the movies in the middle seat. My dad had a small S10 pickup truck. That's actually a toy truck for those of you that know what an S10 is. And he would put me in the middle seat, and it was a manual, so the gear shift was in the middle. I hate the middle. One time I was playing hide-and-go-seek, and I got stuck in the middle of a drainage pipe. That's a long story, but that is the reason why I'm claustrophobic. I hate the middle. Somebody say the middle. But you don't realize how bad the middle is until you're in the middle of it. I hate being in the middle. Yeah, I have come to realize that this life of faith, a life of following Jesus, is often lived out in the middle. I want to ask you, does anyone know what it's like to be in the middle, to feel stuck to feel in between, to be in a place where you're not where you used to be, you're not where you're going to be, and you're not where you want to be in the middle. Come on, somebody say the middle, but it's in the middle that you find out there's more. As we read and as we sang earlier, we found out that Jesus is often in the middle. We see that God is faithful in the middle. He's in between where I am and where I'm going. He's in between the way things are and the way things are becoming. He is not just the alpha and the omega. He is everything in between. He is not just the beginning and the end. He is in the middle. He is the one who was, who is, and who is to come. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is God in the middle. He is not just a starter and a sustainer. He is a finisher. He is the God of the middle. But the area where we lose sight of Jesus the most is in the middle. We get distracted in the middle. We lose focus in the middle. We take a different path in the middle. We have a middle problem. In fact, there are three stages of life and seasons that we all go through, the beginning, the middle, and the end. Three areas that we will all travel through in different seasons and different times of our life. Now, the beginning is the place where you sense excitement. Come on, that'd be a good place to say amen because you could, we're about to go into a new year, but like, hey man, the beginning, it's a new year. Man, this is going to be great. It's a new beginning. I feel the sense of excitement. Better yet, moms, when you know something's about to start, something's about to be birthed, there's excitement in the beginning. Something's about to get going. It's where we begin something new. Beginnings have excitement and momentum to them. And then we have endings. We don't really like endings sometimes. Endings do have the joy of completion. They have the joy of fulfillment. You can finally say, thank you, Lord. It's over. You know, those college students or those high school students can say, thank you, Lord, I graduated. Those empty nesters can say, thank you, Lord, they graduated. They can get out of my house. There's a sense of achievement at the end. And then you say things like, I got the keys to the house. I got the job. All the single ladies can say, I got the ring. Like, you know, it's just this sense of excitement at the end. I passed the test. Indians have a sense of achievement. And we have weird sayings for the beginning and the ending. We say things like this. You got to finish strong. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. So beginnings have momentum. Endings have celebration. But in the middle, it's different. We say things like this in the middle. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Keep going. Because it's in the middle where we will spend most of our time. It's the place where we spend more time than than the beginning and than the ending. And culture has tried to describe what happens to people who feel like they have been in the middle for too long. You know what they call it? A midlife crisis. They call it this to explain that we don't do well in the middle. Things seem to to go long and wrong in the middle. The middle is where we don't have excitement of starting and we don't have the joy of what's to come. For example, when you get married, all my married people make some noise. Y'all sound really excited. There's a reason why we say our vows at the beginning. I do in sickness and in health, for richer or for poor, for better or for worse, till death do us part. There's a reason why we say them at the beginning, because if you said them in the middle, you would want to change them. Not, not your spouse, the vows. Because in the middle, you don't quite feel the same excitement that you felt in the beginning. Ladies, in the beginning, you're marrying Prince Charming. In the middle, he's Shrek. Like, you just, you're like, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> the middle is where we struggle. The middle is where it gets harder. The middle is where we think about quitting. And if we're honest, some of you right now are in the middle. You're in the middle of your marriage, the middle of your parenting the middle of your job, some of you, you're in the middle of your faith and you're fighting the feeling of wanting to stop following Jesus. You want to bail out. You want to give up. You want to say, what is the point? I have no energy for this anymore. I don't feel the same as I did when it first started. I can't even, I can't even see the end. And I can't even see that the end is coming. I don't know where God is in the middle of this. When you're in the middle, you pretend like everything is okay, but on the inside, in your mind, in the middle of your body, you're like, Lord, I know I prayed for my kids. They're a miracle, but I want to kill them. Lord, I know I asked you to use me, but not like this. Lord, I know I said I would follow you, but I didn't know I would have to go through the struggle of the middle to do so. And I know many of you have the faith to start. Some of you in this room, you have the faith to finish. But I want to ask you today is do you have faith for the middle? What do you do in between now and not yet? What do you do in between not now and what's next? What do you do when you're praying and asking God how much longer? The start is often fun and even the end can be exciting, but the middle can be messy. But it's in the middle that we begin to battle with giving up. You're struggling and straining and it seems like you have no more strength to continue. But I want to encourage you this morning. Let the strain strengthen you. Don't let it break you. It's in the tension where we develop strength. Because even though you're in the middle right now, you won't be there forever. I said, even though you're in the middle right now, you won't be there forever. That's a good place to say amen. So point number one, I want you to write this down. It's in the middle that you find out what's in the middle of you. It's in the middle that you find out what's in the middle of you. Matter of fact, let's say it together. You know, I'm going to count off and then you're going to say it. One, two, three, go. Y'all sounded so sad. It's in the middle that you find out what's in the middle of you. I'm telling you, you don't know what you don't know what's in you until you are in the middle. You don't know what will come out of you until you're in the middle. Because the real you comes out in the middle. It's in the middle that you find out what you're made of. I wonder why. Why is it that we get frustrated and overwhelmed in the middle when God has already promised to be with us when we're there? He's there. Oh, but you don't know what the doctor said, Pastor Will. What about my job? What about the economy? So many times we get distracted by what's in front of us and we get drawn back to what's behind us that we miss the very presence of God being in the middle of it with us. He is the great I am. He is not the God of I was. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as we said already. He is the same in my past, my present, and my future. He is the same in the beginning, the middle, and in the end. He is God right now, and he is God with you. He's in the middle. That would have been great if we just stopped right there. We can walk out, get in your car, go to lunch, tip your waitress, and right down, he's in the middle. It's a great place to start. But Pastor Will, what do we do while we're here? Because the middle season would always produce more in you. And when you're in the middle, you have to remind yourself what's in the word. Hebrews thirteen five says, for he himself said, I will never leave you or abandon you. When you're in the middle, this is what he wants to remind you of. That he is, he is with you when you started. He'll be with you when you finish. He is the God of his word. He does not return void on his word. It produces that which what it was sent out for. He is with us. There's something about the middle that does something in the middle of us. It just does something. It shifts something. It, it makes us believe more, have faith for more. Have, it gives us the faith to finish. And when you're in the middle, you pray harder. When you're in the middle, you hang on a little longer. You don't let the marriage in. You keep fighting for the marriage. You keep fighting for your children, no matter what they do. And I just feel led to say this in this moment. A children's mistake doesn't make you a bad parent. But some of us were holding on to these issues, and you just got to hold on a little bit longer. You become more desperate. You're leaning in more. In the middle, you get this new revelation of Jesus. It's actually old revelation, but it feels fresh. It's like, man, I always heard how good he was, but I didn't know how good he is in the middle. So don't despise the middle because it's in the middle that you find out what's in the middle of you. Unfortunately, this is also where Satan tries to stop us. The enemy knows if you can get one step past the middle, you are closer to your ending than you are the beginning. And he would love for you to stay right where you are. That's that's one of his many objectives for your life. And I have good news for you today. You should write this down. God does his best miracles in the middle. God does his best miracles in the middle. In the Bible, God did most of his miracles in the middle. We'll share a few in a moment, but we just, we just need to realize it's the best ones that happen in the middle. He is with me on the mountaintop. He is with me in the valley. And we better learn to love the middle. Somebody say the middle. The story we read earlier, I believe, is an exact representation of the current condition of our hearts in our world right now. This story and these criminals show us what we do and it shows us what we do and who we are in the middle. Those criminals on the cross next to Jesus, people are confused, hurting, tired, frustrated and angry, depressed, dispirited, distressed, discouraged and in need of help and hope. And I believe our father is looking down from heaven with compassion in his eyes, still saying the same thing. Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. In this story, Jesus is in between two criminals, much like where he is now. In between us and God's wrath, advocating on our behalf. Advocating for our freedom, our purpose, our salvation. And we need people who want to be in the middle, just like Jesus. And until we can have the compassion and empathy for people who do not share our experiences in life, who don't look like us, act like us, even believe like us, or here's a better one, even sin like us, we will never extend grace to those who are different than us. Got to be in the middle. We must find common ground because common ground's in the middle. Please write this down. Common ground is found outside of your comfort zones. Common ground is found outside of your comfort zones. Even though the middle is uncomfortable, in order for us to represent Christ to people who are different than us, that means stepping out of your comfort zones onto common ground, because on common ground is where the cross is. That's the symbolism there. The cross makes us equal. Grace makes us equal. His saving grace, his mercy makes us equal. We will reach more people on common ground than we will on the hills we die on. No one needs Jesus more than anyone else. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I said get comfortable being uncomfortable because in order for us to reach more people, it has to be on common ground. And number four, please write this down. If we see how God sees, we will see what God sees. If we see how God sees, we will see what God sees. Jesus tells the criminal, today you will be with me in paradise. He didn't say any of that man had didn't say any of the churchy phrases that we say. We don't know about his history. We don't know if he grew up in church going to the synagogue. We know nothing about his life other than he was a thief. He was a criminal. And he says, today you will be with me in paradise. And all that criminal said to Jesus was remember me when you go into your kingdom. We got to see how God sees. Jesus didn't see criminals. He saw his children. He saw his children. Jesus doesn't see us by our mistakes, by our choices. He sees us as his children. And the Bible confirms this in 1 Samuel 16. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Got to see what he sees. It's always been man's nature to look at appearance. It's always been our nature. But it's God's will that we will look at the heart. And so we start, because here's the issue. If when you look at people and all you see is their issues, they're not the one with issues. You are. We are. When we see people and all we see is their problem, their situation, their past, their issue, then we're the ones with the issue because we are looking at them with a filter that's not from God. Well, you don't hear the music they listen to, Pastor Will. Uh-oh, church people, you listen to gossip. Okay. Nobody wanted to say amen right there. I was like, ouch, I don't, I don't like that one. All right. Here's, here's another one. Uh, did you did you did you see did you smell what they smell like? They smell like liquor and smoke. Will you smell like pride? Here, here's another one, because uh, I can imagine the, the Pharisees, they saw the criminals on the cross and the audacity of Jesus as he's dying to invite somebody into his world. And the people that are around scoffing him, talking about him for him to say, I wish I I wish we could hear the way he said it. You'll be with me in paradise. I could imagine somebody sitting there in the crowd, but they're thieves. They're they're they stole. This is their punishment. They should be punished. But we lie. We're greedy. We're hateful and selfish. We are no better than anyone else. We need to see how God sees. Matthew 7, verses 3 through 5 in the message translation sa- says this. And I want to read this verse in particular because of the way it said. Don't pick on people. All the bullies said, dang. <laughs> Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit, That, that critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? Playing a holier than thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your own face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. If we see how God sees, we will see what God sees. And when God sees people, he sees potential. And when God sees people, he sees a harvest that is ripe and plentiful. And when God sees people, he does not see problems. He sees promises. 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord isn't slow about keeping his promises, as some people think he is. In fact, God is patient because he wants everyone. Somebody say everyone to turn from sin and no one to be lost. When you're in the middle, we have to see how God sees. But here's the issue with being in the middle. Because when I was growing up, I had this dilemma because I was in the middle. I was never white enough for the white side and I was never black enough for the black side. I just, I had this problem being in the middle. And my best friend, Jay, one of my best friends, like, I kid you not, he can attest to this. I can remember we're playing basketball and you know, some wise guy every now and then would ask this, this question, this strategic question. If a race riot broke out, which side would you stand on? I'm like, neither, I'm in the middle. You know, why are we fighting? I just had this dilemma, this tension. But here's the issue with being in the middle. Being in the middle means you might get stepped on. Number five, write this down. The problem with standing in the middle is that you might get stepped on. Because when you're a bridge, that's what people walk over. In order to be a bridge, people have to cross over you to get to where you're going problem with standing in the middle is that you might get stepped on but that's the beauty of the cross because people have to walk over Jesus' sacrifice over his dead body to get to hell every time i love that it's called a cross because you got to cross something to get to jesus we got to step over every every sacrifice that he made for us to choose the hell that pastor mark talked about in eternity the eternity that we experience jesus was in the middle The problem with the middle is that that's the place that most people don't want to be. The place most people avoid is the place with the most tension. But Jesus would always go out of his way to get to the people that we go out of our way to avoid. He always did this. I love the fact that at the end of Jesus's life, he was still saving people. He was still reaching people because he's in the middle. And here's the thing. There's tension because you're not all the way on one side and you're not all the way on the other. You're neutral because if you pick a side, you have a tendency to divide. Now, I'm not talking about sin. I understand there's a line on sin. We got to stand on the side. That's not we're not supporting sin. I, I get that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being in the middle to help those that are sinning get to Jesus. And I believe that the attack of the enemy is simply to get us to pick a side, to be divisive, because he doesn't just want to destroy us. He wants to divide us. That's his objective. And I would suggest that maybe we're supposed to be in the middle, because when you pick a side, you actually think you're leading people. But when you pick a side, you're leaving people. We got to stay in the middle. Because people in the middle cause us to have this constant tension where I don't want to offend anybody, but I have to make a stand and I have to tell the, tell the truth. We need to realize when you're in the middle, you're not stuck, you're positioned. I said you're not stuck, you're positioned. You're not stuck in a fallen world, this fallen world got stuck with you. Whoever's in political office, we didn't get stuck with them, they got stuck with us. We're in the middle. The problem with stepping in the middle is that you might get stepped on and I get it trust me I get it It's easier to pick a side than it is to stand in the middle Because in the middle you're often standing alone In the middle you have to wrestle with wanting to say something and wanting to do something because you feel the pain And you want to fix it you want to find healing but sometimes when you're in the middle you don't even know what to say The soldiers the people and the leaders they scoffed and mocked him he saved others let him save himself One of the criminals yelled insults at him, save yourself and us. But because Jesus was in the middle, please write this down. If Jesus would have saved himself, he wouldn't have saved us. If Jesus saved himself, he wouldn't have saved us. He had to finish the cross. He had to complete his purpose, his task. Titus 3 verses 5 through 7. He saved us because of his mercy and not because of any good things we have done. God washed us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave us new birth and a fresh beginning. God sent Jesus Christ, our Savior, to give us His Spirit. Jesus treated us much better than we deserve. He made us acceptable to God and gave us the hope of eternal life. He didn't save himself just so he couldn't sa- save himself just so he could save you. He chose to stay on the cross so he could save you, so that he could change us. But when you're in the middle, again, there's this tension that you don't want to offend either side, but there's this temptation to fight. But they, they even question Jesus's identity and his sovereignty. If you are the king of the Jews, if you are God's Messiah, the chosen one, when we're in the middle, we think we think everything is about winning and losing. Everything's about winning and losing. But if we maintain the mindset that we will always fight to win instead of fight to heal, then we're going to find ourselves in this tension. And it's got to be the opposite. Jesus shows us that he didn't have to prove a point. He didn't have to win the argument. He didn't need any more proof of who he was when he was being arrested in the garden of Gethsemane and Peter cut off somebody's ear. Jesus said these words in Matthew 26. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will provide me here and now with more than 12 legions of angels? How then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? In other words, Jesus got hood. He was like, let me call my daddy. And I got about. Allegiant means a thousand. I like got about 12,000 angels ready to be dispatched. They will jump you. Like we will take this whole thing over. You don't want any problems with me. Jesus was ready. But then he said, "Would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way. Even when they're arguing, Jesus proves it proves this next point. Please write it down. We don't win arguments. We win souls. We don't win arguments. We win souls. I've said it before. I I often say this a lot because I really do believe in it. and I think I heard it said before, but if you think you have to win an argument to prove a point, you actually lost. Because the moment you start to argue, you already lost. Because if you win your point, but you ruin the relationship, what did you win? We don't win arguments. We win souls. Proverbs 1130. The one who wins souls is wise. The only hill that Jesus was willing to die on on the cross that allowed everyone to come to. This was the only hill that Jesus died on that allowed others to come to know him. He didn't argue. He didn't get into petty arguments. He didn't care about that. Because if all you do is win arguments, I promise you the only thing you'll win is isolation. And that's a lonely hell to be in. But in the middle means we're supposed to bring people together. Because if, if you win, then it's all about you. But if we win, that's about togetherness. That's about community. That's about bringing the church together. We have to win. Because even on the cross, even while he was dying, he was still leading people to his father. Luke 23, 41 and 42. We are punished justly, the criminal said, because we are getting back what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to him, Jesus, remember me. Somebody say, remember me. I don't know if you notice this. Every time we do communion, Pastor Mark says something similar to this. He breaks down the word remember. Remember. Bringing back to right relationship. Bringing, bringing back to righteousness. To, re, to bring us back together to him. I really believe that's what that, that man on the cross said. Remember, Bring me back to you. Remember me. Jesus came to restore and bring bring back together what was broken. Back to him. Being in the middle isn't a curse, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Being in the middle means that we have a greater responsibility. So I choose together. I choose the middle because Jesus didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. We have to be in the middle. Somebody say the middle. We're in a tough position because we're called to be in the middle. And I'm getting ready to close, but Jesus took a stand. You may be tempted to say today, like, well, Pastor Will, I wanna, I'm, I'm tempted to take a stand too. I want to stand where Jesus stood. You do, do you know where he's standing? In the middle. He was in the middle of a cross between people who loved him and people who hated him. In the midst of that painful moment, he still found the strength to look up to Jesus and ask, and in his pain, ask for our forgiveness. He was in the middle of fighting for our salvation, and he is in the middle today. And you know what? God put the Holy Spirit in us. Where? In the middle. He's not on you. He's in you. Because he knew he would need, he knew we would need him for times like this. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's in the middle. He's in the middle of us and the Father. And this is what it means to be christ Center. We used to sing a song. Uh, it was Jesus at the center. He's in the middle. He's in the middle of this moment because it's all about him. We need to stand for something, and it's easier to make a stand than it is to stay in the middle. I get it. I- I've been there. I've been tempted to pick a side just like you have. But our job as the church is to bring people, not separate them. Because every time division happens, that's a byproduct of the enemy. Since the beginning of time, the enemy has been using division because he doesn't just want to destroy us. As I said earlier, he wants to divide us. He wants to divide your home. He wants to divide churches. He wants to divide the government. He wants you to have a divorce. He wants you to divide your marriage. He wants everything to be divisive. But what I love is that he was in the middle of a cross on Calvary. Standing. And now he is in heaven, seated at the right hand of the father. Well, Pastor Will, that's not the middle. Yes, it is. Because if his father's on the throne and he's seated at his right hand, I wonder what he's doing there. The Bible says he's interceding on our behalf. He's praying for us. He's in between waiting on the father to say, go get my kids. And also at the same time, not, not yet. There's more. There's more in the middle. And he's standing there praying, believing that your wayward son will come home, that your marriage can be healed, that your finances will be fixed. You you better believe he is with you in the middle. He was in the middle of a message one time. He was preaching and when Pharisees, teachers of the law, burst into the middle of the temple with a woman who was caught in the middle of the act of adultery and they throw the woman in the middle of Jesus' teaching. He was there. In the middle of a woman and those who wanted to kill her. Jesus was in the middle of a woman with the issue of blood. On the way with a synagogue leader to heal his daughter. And he stopped in the middle to check on her. Who touched me? Jesus was with the disciples in the middle of a sea. In the middle of a storm sleeping. In fact, I want to tell you right there. If Jesus can sleep through it, you can live through it. He's with you in the middle. He's always been there. And we are just like these people. We're caught in the act. And Jesus chose to get in the middle of our mess. He stands in the middle of our salvation and your issue. It's important that the cross was in the middle. Because the cross is the center of Christ's work of salvation. It's the center. He went through hell that he didn't deserve to get us to a heaven that we don't deserve. For three days, he was in the middle defeating death, hell, and the grave. He hung out with sinners and shady, messed up people. He was always in the middle. And I just want to tell you this morning that Jesus isn't shocked by your, by your sin. He's not shocked at all. He's not surprised. He's not like, oh, myself, that's bad. He's, <laughs> he's not surprised by your sin. In fact, that is the great qualifier of life, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every pastor on our staff has fallen short of the glory of God. Every person that you know is super saved has fallen short of the glory of God. It makes us the great qualifier. It, it evens us all out. The key to making it through the middle is talking to Jesus before you get there. I said the key to making it through the middle is talking to Jesus while you're going there. Hebrews thirteen five again. Because sometimes I don't think we need new revelation. I just think we need reminders. He said, for he himself said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Right in the middle of what you're facing, what you're going through, Jesus, he's here. And God is speaking to you right now, if you'll listen. So I'm going to ask right now, eyes closed, across the room, heads bowed. You know where you are. And you need to reflect right now in this moment. Where am I? And I would, I would argue that you're in the middle because all of us have a birth date and all of us have a death date, but that little dash on our tombstone one day, that's the middle, and we're all right there right now. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to be brave. I want to pray over you today. I'm going to ask you to identify what the middle is for you and if you're saying pastor will this is for me I'm in the middle that's exactly where I'm at right now if that's you I'm gonna ask you to do something bold I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand right now if you're in the middle of something you need you need prayer I see hands going up all across the room anybody else anybody else be brave you're in the middle of something and put your hands down the hand is actually saying I find myself in the middle But I don't want to quit. If that's you, I just want to pray this prayer of you. Father, you saw those hands that were raised. They represent a middle in someone's life. The hand that represents the middle in their marriage, in their parenting, in their finances, in their job, in their health, in their waiting, in their barrenness, in their brokenness, in their body. Father, you you know the hands that were raised. God, we are so aware that we cannot do this without you. So continue to remind us that you are with us in the middle. I pray today, right now, for every hand that was raised, for revelation of your presence, that you are currently with us in the middle. I pray for a miracle in the middle of our situations because you are willing, able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we ask, think, or imagine. You are the God of more, and we want more in the middle. I pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, "Amen." One more thing, though. As those of you that responded, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. But I know that there are other people in the room. I mentioned it earlier; it was brief, but you're in the middle of your faith. You came here today, and you're like, "Man, I, I used to be this way, and I, I want to live for Jesus, but I'm, I'm wrestling. I'm in the middle, and I want to pray over you as well, but." In a moment, when I ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes this time, I want you to be brave enough to say, you know what, I I need this God. I need this Jesus that you just talked about that's currently in the middle, that believes that much for me, that he would give his life up for me so that I can have relationship with him. So again, I ask, heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this room and you say, Pastor Will, I want to give my life to Jesus, I want to I surrender my life to Jesus, I want to declare today that I want to make this decision, this is the last time I want to make this decision, not just rededication, I want to be committed to the Father for the rest of my life. If you're in this room and you say, I need to give my life to him, if that's you, I just want you to slide your hand up, Any, anybody in the room, I see Hands all over the room, on on the right side of the room, up in the balcony, anybody else. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray this prayer together. Church, for those that raise their hand, when you get a father, you don't just get a father, you get a family. We're going to help pray this prayer out loud together to let them know we're standing with them. Repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I trust you. I believe you. I believe you're the best choice for me so I choose to trust you with every area of my life I'm ready to receive your grace to receive your mercy I believe you died for me on a cross you took my place you rose again just for me and today I declare that you are Lord of my life in Jesus name Amen. Can you stand on your feet and give God some praise for the people that gave their life to Jesus this morning? And while you're standing, let's worship together.
1: invite our lead, some of our leaders and those who are going to be at our guest reception. If you go ahead and slip out at this time, and there's some of our greeters. And uh, sorry, I just saw one of my favorite pastors, Pastor Rusty. And uh, buddy, I love you, man. I'm so proud of you and so thankful for the work you're doing right down the road. You're an amazing pastor, great leader in this city. And uh, I know you don't like to be called out, but I have to because I'm so proud of the work that you're doing right down the road. We are friends, and if I could extend my arm and you extend your arm, we're going to help reach the city. But man, you and your spouse are doing such amazing things in this, in this city. I'm so proud to work beside you. And uh, wow, I'm just, sorry, I just caught your eye and I thought, man, I got to stop everything. But uh, I want to let you know, if you made a decision for the very first time today to trust, put your trust in Jesus Christ. Would you do us a favor? Would you take out your smartphone and text D1WALK to the number 84576? Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to bombard you with texts. We're going to send you a free downloadable copy of this booklet called One to One. It'll help you in your journey of faith. It walks you through the steps of salvation and the process of growth. And every Sunday and every Wednesday, we want to help you in that journey of faith. We're here in this together and we wanna walk together in the journey of faith to see God do great things in your life. As I said, if you're a first time guest joining with us here today, right outside these doors and to your left is our guest reception. We'll have some of our leadership team waiting for you to greet you and to give you a gift for hanging out with us today. And as I said earlier, if you take your smartphone and just use that QR code, We would love to invite you to be part of the grow track that helps you uh, establish really the divine destiny that's on your life and how you can find that. Also, if you need to be baptized, it's the next best step after salvation, and we'd love to celebrate that or dedicate a child to the Lord. So honored to do that. If you've got a prayer request, we'd be so grateful to pray with you and to see the miracle of God happen in your life. Well, as we prepare to close today, I want to close with a blessing. We're at Thanksgiving time. What better time and what better way to close a message like this? And by the way, I want to take a moment and thank our youth pastor, Pastor Will. What an amazing word. There's more in the middle, folks. There's more in the middle. Well if you do this like you're ready to receive a gift from the Lord today, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write His name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. And may you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your co-workers, to your neighbors neighbors, to your friends, to your family, to your spouse, to your kids, to your grandkids. I bless you to be a blessing to this city. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray it all. Amen. 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 Did you get anything out of today? Hey, I pray you did. God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.